Uh, welcome to Christchurch Cathedral on this Wednesday, June the 9th. My name is Tim Dobbin, rector of this beautiful cathedral and dean of this diocese. I'm delighted to be sharing the liturgy with Michael Bloss, our director of music, and our cantors, Jenny Darling and Anna Kay. As we offer this service of worship, we are especially mindful of our indigenous sisters and brothers, as we, as a nation, grieve the discovery of the remains of 215 indigenous children. We pray for their families and their communities, and we grieve over all those other children who never came home. As a people of God, we recommit to working toward reconciliation and promoting healing for all personal and intergenerational trauma amongst indigenous peoples. The liturgical calendar marks this season as Sundays after Pentecost. Pentecost, that great feast, the birthday of the church, arguably the best day of our lives, following Easter, which is the most important day of our lives. The Holy Spirit comes to us in many forms and imbues us with many gifts, languages, missions, perspectives, and ministries. It's a time of rest, reflection, and joy, and this hymn festival presents an experience of word and song based on early plain chant, through later development of Reformation and later Gospel hymnody, as well as various modern creations, illuminating the Holy Spirit as it exhorts, inflames, comforts, and inspires community. The choices are plenteous, which makes the selection of a few representative hymns difficult indeed. You just want to sing them all. What not a better way to experience the gifts of the Holy Spirit than to sing about them. And so we welcome you to this hymn festival. A hymn or song of praise reminds us of who God is and what we have been promised. It helps us to put word and emotion around a sense that our faith is fueled by statements which often can only be communicated through emotion to be felt by the soul. This foundation weaves our lives together as believers and connects us with the church's history and the cloud of witnesses who have gone before us. And so, a hymn festival is an occasion centered on congregational song. Today, we will be singing hymns of our common worship heritage, as well as others which may seem new to you. Hymnody is an ever-evolving panorama wherein newer texts and tunes come to enter the canon enriching the old and familiar. Our invitation is for you to sing along with the service leaflet which is included. The organ, together with our singers, will lead the way for you. The commentary before each hymn will put the music and text into context. In addition, our animators have selected writings about the spirit which are meaningful to them. We begin by way of a piece for organ written by the early German composer Samuel Scheidt. Scheidt, who lived from 1587 to 1654, was a pivotal figure in the early Baroque. Due to his studies in Amsterdam with the renowned Jan Peter von Swaling, he brought a new voice to North German music of the Reformation. Church music in the South had been mostly influenced liturgically by Rome, and musically by the Italianate models such as the music of Antonio Vivaldi. As the Reformation demanded of musicians a new musical language, Scheidt provided the inspiration. 
Samuel Scheidt's music is in two principal categories, instrumental music, including a large amount of keyboard music, mostly for organ, and sacred vocal music, some of which is a cappella and some with instrumental accompaniment. It is interesting to note that in German Lutheran churches, such as Bach's historic Thomaskirche in Leipzig, the choral music of Scheidt is still offered today in the same way as we at the cathedral might select a running menu of choral works by the famous Canadian church musician, Healy Willen. In the choral fantasia to follow, we hear in long notes of the left hand, a recitation of the well-known plain chant tune, Vene Creator Spiritus, or Come Holy Spirit Blessed, which often is sung at ordinations. Because the notes are so long, it doesn't quite immediately reach the ear that this is that tune, but it is a very interesting setting where then some very staid and sober counterpoint surrounds the evocation of that tune. So we listen to the Hymnus de Sancto Spiritu, Vene Creator Spiritus by Samuel Scheidt. Inspiring our resurrection song, 
we, we praise you. you. Yours is the glory. Amen. So, time for our hymn festival to begin. Contemplative prayer is one of a number of ways in which Christians can access the inner center of their soul to be able to listen to the still, small voice of God. The musical correlative to contemplative prayer is meditative song, and it is characterized along similar lines. Short, melodic fragments which repeat almost as a mantra and sung in community. As a group begins to gather this musical prayer shawl around them, the music itself becomes a language which comes alive. In our current time, the music from the community of Teze has become a household word. The very name evokes an atmosphere of contemplative prayer through the use of candles and incense. Singing in community, which Teze invites, reveals a concurrent use of different languages and richness of vocal texture. In many ways, the Teze experience is that of the very de definition of the Holy Spirit. Many voices and languages, which is at the heart of the reading from Acts, we hear yearly every Pentecost Sunday. The music of Teze started a renewal of singing in church, which has now expanded beyond a Roman Catholic genre to a universal phenomenon. One of the best known of the Teze chants is the one we will sing now. As you become familiar with and settle into the short chant, close your eyes and allow the music to enter your breathing. Through this continuous rocking chant, you will hear verses sung by cantors which contribute to the prayer. Allow the repetition to lift you into the quiet center of your soul. And as you shut out the noise of the world around you, allow your breathing and singing to be the only things you become aware of.
the spirit has been associated with renewal and to a commitment to a transformative way of life when one invites the spirit to enter into our soul. Such is ethos we encounter in the evangelical and Pentecostal persuasions of our brothers and sisters in the faith. Ultimately, the hymnody attributed to the early stirrings of these faith expressions became known as gospel hymnody. The hymnody of the African-American church resides within this family of hymns as well. They are hymns of the heart, hymns which speak on a purely emotional level about conversion, power, deep joy, and peace. Perhaps the hymns such as Blessed Assurance and This Is My Story, famous writings of the hymn writer Fanny Crosby, ring the most familiar. Used as they were in the hymn explosion which accompanied evangelistic campground meetings in the 1800s, and which found their full flowering in the Grand Crusades, the name changed to missions after 9-11, and singer George Beverly Shea. These hymns of the heart have an important place in the body of our hymn traditions. Each text speaks simply to the heart as an invitation to embark on a conversation with God. It is reassuring to see these hymns returning to more liturgically oriented denominations after an absence of some decades. The story of the author of this hymn, Marnie Ferguson, is illuminative of those who worked in this area of God's vineyard. Marnie Ferguson married Theodore Pollock Ferguson, a past Presbyterian minister from Ohio, who had become an itinerant evangelical preacher and social worker. They moved to Los Angeles, California in 1885, where they set about constructing a 900-seat evangelical service auditorium and ministry center. The mission provided ministry especially for single women who lived in rented rooms near the auditorium. The Fergusons managed to live on income from the three small houses they owned, and mission rents and donations covered church expenses. Street corner meetings were held in the afternoon, evangelical services at night, and a meal was served afterwards. Converts were asked to join a local church of their choice. Marnie continued their mission work after her husband's death until her own leaving a legacy of many poems and hymns.
written by famous African-American gospel music composer, singer, and arranger, Doris Atkins. Born to a large family with nine siblings, she learned the piano at an early age and wrote her first composition at age 10. What followed was a career of writing in gospel music, genre, which even made a presence in the secular world. Have a listen sometimes to Elvis Presley's interpretation of this hymn using his iconic sound. Doris Ackes was, was affectionately known as Miss Gospel Music because she was admired and respected by everyone in the music industry. Over the years, she had mastered every aspect of gospel music, including vocals, keyboards, choir directing, arranging, composing, and publishing. She had worked with many pioneers of the golden age of gospel music. She had authored many standard gospel compositions, such as Lead Me and Guide Me, which became the title of the hymnal for the African-American Roman Catholic hymn. I cannot fail the Lord, you can't beat God giving, and the hymn we're about to sing, Sweet, Sweet Spirit. They all sold millions for other gospel artists and evangelists. She was interviewed by Lindsay Terry for the book, Stories Behind 50 Southern Gospel Favorites, and she explained how the hit song, Sweet, Sweet Spirit, was revealed to her during a prayer session with one of her choirs before the service. My home parish in my formative years was Holy Trinity Millhouses in Sheffield, England. This is a prayer I learned there, which comes back to me at times. It, probably more than I realize, summarizes how I look at the role of the Holy Spirit working in my world. St. Augustine's Prayer to the Holy Spirit. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw me, Holy Spirit, that I love only that which is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, that I may defend that which is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy.
divine comes across slightly more poetically austere when compared with the previous two gospel hymns. This hymn speaks to the intellect, but not to the exclusion of the heart, just slightly more explained and analyzed. If you will, more spikier, euphemism representing more rigorous language and formal theology. Bianco de Sacchiana was a 14th century Italian monk who wrote poems called Lauri Spirituali. A collection of his poems was published in 1851 at Lusa. One of these, Descendi Amos Santo, is the basis for this English translation by Richard F. Littledale in the People's Hymnal, published in 1867. Littledale translated four of the original eight stanzas. This hymn is addressed to the Holy Spirit. Though the third person of the Trinity is not specifically named until the very last line of the hymn, it is clear through the terms, O Love Divine and O Comforter. Ralph Vaughan Williams wrote the tune, Down Ampney, for this text in the English hymnal in 1906. It was named after his birthplace and has been praised as one of the most beautiful hymn tunes ever written. Down Ampney works well when sung in harmony. Most congregations appreciate a brisker tempo, especially to avoid losing momentum on the longer notes.
my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross identified five stages of grief back in the 70s, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Whilst how each of us grieves takes its own course, we as a nation remain in the early stages of the grief process as we take on board the shocking truth brought to light two weeks ago, the discovery of the remains of 215 children at the former Kamloops Indian Residential School site. The disbelief, the anger, the sorrow expressed across this beautiful country of ours reflects the intensity of our grief. We will all need time to grieve. Only God loves us too much to leave us in this place. In due course, together, we will need to discern how God is calling us to respond to this appalling tragedy. Rob Jones shared a story at our Centering Prayer Group meeting last week. He had invited, a while ago, an Indigenous presenter to speak with his class about race relations here in Canada. It sounded a confronting and difficult conversation. At the end of the class, a Palestinian student who had only recently arrived in Canada came up to the presenter. She'd been deeply moved. She asked the presenter how she herself could become more involved in the struggle for Indigenous justice. She was associating the struggle of her own Palestinian people with the struggle she was being presented with for the very first time. And she wanted to come alongside Indigenous people. This evening we're thanking and praising God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. The outpouring of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost is not only about God making His presence known in a dramatic way, it's also about God creating community. Through the giving of the Spirit, God creates a community of believers, whom the Spirit, in turn, empowers to go out into all the world, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ in word and action. That community of believers, of course, has a name, and its name is the Church. John in his Gospel uses the Greek word parakletos to describe the third person of the Trinity. It translates literally as the one called alongside. Parakletos, or paraclete, as we anglicize it. In the story from Acts, we see the spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, the parakletos, not so much smoothing everything over, resolving all the issues, making all the bad stuff go away. Hardly. The parakletos the one called alongside does just that. The Spirit comes alongside those early disciples, mustering their courage, strengthening their resolve, galvanizing them into action. The Holy Spirit transforms their lives from the inside out. These ordinary folk, just like you and me, are no longer the people they once were. They're now empowered to respond to the new challenges 
and the fresh struggles before. One of the temptations for us in the face of this devastating revelation is to, is to succumb to a feeling of helplessness. All this happened years ago. I never knew about it. What difference can I possibly make? The assurance of Pentecost is that God is not only alongside us, but that God provides us with all that we need and more to respond to whatever is before us with compassion, integrity, and creativity. And always in and through our shared life together as a people of God. The Spirit of the Living God, the one called alongside, the Paracletos, the Paraclete, inspires us, equips us, and empowers us to be the people of justice and peace that God has created us to be. How so, you might ask? Well, we could do a lot worse than take a leaf out of the playbook of the young woman recently arrived from Palestine. We can listen, allow ourselves to be moved, and then simply ask our indigenous sisters and brothers how we too can come alongside them in their struggle for justice. Just as the paraclete comes alongside us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. She sits like a bird. John L. Bell occupies a unique spot in contemporary hymnody. He's passionately involved in renewing and sustaining hymnody at the grassroots level. His iconoclastic imagery was forged in social action outreach ministries in Glasgow, and which sought to realign perspectives of ministry so as to reach outside the walls of the church building. In this spirit of community and focused work, he eventually became a member of the Iona community, for which he has been one of its most ardent supporters and advocates. John Bell's refreshing theology extends as well to the language of hymn texts, and to this end, She Sits Like a Bird is a hymn about the Holy Spirit, here written in the female voice. The hymn comes from a collection with the evocative title of Enemy of Apathy. Watch carefully in the last line of the last verse, where the Spirit's Spirit gets called the enemy of apathy. No room for lukewarm Christianity here. In Hebrew, spirit is often referred to with the feminine pronoun. This text sim needs simply to be savored as it weaves a transparent and dynamic flight through the sacred spaces of one's soul.
O beauty, ever ancient, ever new. St. Benedict would almost certainly have known these words of St. Augustine, and they continue to raise the heart to God today. The Stanbrook Abbey community traces its roots back to 17th century Flanders, where it was founded by nine young English women, including a clutch from Yorkshire in exile. Imprisoned during the French Revolution, a small band of survivors returned to England in 1795, settling in 1838 at Callow End, Another 170 years brought the move to North Yorkshire. The community has a strong literary tradition. And hospitality is an important aspect of the work. This text speaks glowingly of the work of the Holy Spirit in strong, colorful, and extraordinary active movement, much like a vibrant aurora borealis. For me, this poem by John Donahue, which follows, speaks eloquently to the elements of movement found in the imagery of this hymn we are about to sing. Let us praise the grace and risk of fire. To bless the space with, between us, in the beginning, the world was red, and the sound was thunder, and the womb, in the unseen, spilled forth the red weather of being. In the name of fire, the flame, and the light. Praise the pure presence of fire that burns from within, without thought of time. The hunger of fire has no need for the reliquary of the future. It adores the arrows of now, where the memory of the earth in flames that lick and drink the air is made to release its long enduring forms in a powder of ashes left for the wind to decipher. As air intensifies the hunger of fire, may the thought of death breathe new urgency into our love of life. As fire cleanses dross, may the flame of passion burn away what is false. As short as the time from spark to flame, so brief may the distance be between heart and being. May we discover beneath our fear embers of anger to kindle justice. May courage cause our lives to flame in the name of the fire and the flame, and the light.
Venantius Honorius Fortunatus, a 6th century churchman, wrote a Latin poem of 55 two-line stanzas for a baptism service at Easter Vigil. It was dedicated to Felix, Bishop of Nantes, and was therefore likely written during Fortunatus' tenure as bishop, beginning in 567. The poem was first published by Fortunatus in the collection of his poetry in 576. Fortunatus' poem inspired many adaptations and imitations throughout the following centuries. Various centos, or excerpts of his long work, were used for non-liturgical processions during medieval times. The text of this hymn is a cento that was translated into English and published in the English hymnal in 1906. The refrain, Hail Thee, Festival Day, is from stanza 20 of Fortunatus' text, stanzas specific to each of three major church feasts, Easter, Ascension, and Pentecost, and four stanzas for all occasions, are drawn from scattered places throughout the poem. Three of the four general stanzas are addressed to the individual members of the Trinity. The refrain opens the hymn and follows each stanza, and the second half of the refrain is also tailored to each festival day. This version we are about to sing is the one suitable for Pentecost Sunday. Salve Festa Dies is one of the original hymn tunes contributed to the English hymnal in 1906 by Rafe Juan Williams, who was one of its editors. It was written for this text, and its name comes from the opening Latin words of the refrain. This tune is associated with many translations and versions of Fortunatus' hymn.
concluding moment of prayer. Let us pray. O oh God, you girded your servant Columba with a cincture of holiness and made him a pilgrim for Christ in the midst of the Irish and Scottish peoples. Grant that, having his life and labours in remembrance, we may rest upon your love and be cheerful in all adversities as we await the redemption of all things in your well-beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is alive and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And we pray together. God of majesty, whom saints and angels delight to worship in heaven, be with all your people, to employ art and music for your praise, that with joy we on earth may glimpse your beauty and bring us to the fulfilment of that hope of perfection, which will be ours as we stand before your unveiled glory. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now for a prayer for people facing great uncertainty. God of the present moment, God, who in Jesus stills the storm and soothes the frantic heart, bring hope and courage to all who wait or work in uncertainty. Bring hope that you will make them the equal of whatever lies ahead. Bring them courage to endure what cannot be avoided, for your will is health and wholeness. You are God, and we need you. Amen. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the, In the name, name of Christ. Christ. Alleluia. Alleluia.